0: Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting rayray.com/retailanywhere. That's r e y r e y dot com/retailanywhere.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. It's Thursday, September 17th. Last month, my colleague Pete Bigelow highlighted more than a dozen companies working to gain market share in the growing LiDAR market. As Pete reported, it's a crowded field of companies trying to capture the attention of automakers and investors who are all looking at LiDAR as a key piece of driver assist systems and more long-term, full autonomy. One of those companies is Septon, which in a September 8th SEC filing revealed it had inked a deal with GM to supply LiDAR technology for multiple vehicle platforms. Company CEO June Pay says the business with GM is significant and unique because it represents the largest design win and application of LiDAR in the industry, which, in turn, allows the automaker to incorporate Septon's technology into vehicles throughout its product portfolio, both luxury and mass brands at a competitive cost. He says that's the balance companies working in the LiDAR space are working to achieve, the balance of performance and cost. He also believes that efforts by companies to achieve that balance are going to result in consolidation of the number of players in the crowded LiDAR space. For its part, Septon has announced plans to go public via special purpose acquisition company, a journey Pay describes as a natural progression of the company and for him personally. How Go plans to operate like a public company? What's the science behind Septon's technology? And what's ahead as the company prepares to supply GM? And how is the company being impacted by the ongoing chip shortage? We've reached Septon CEO June Pei at the company's headquarters in San Jose. June, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you?
2: Great. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for joining me. Lots of exciting news recently when it comes to Septon, and specifically some newly announced partnerships with GM in particular. Can you give our little, our listeners a little bit of an overview about the partnership with General Motors and why it is significant?
2: Well, maybe I'll start with a bit of a correction. Uh, you used the word partner. Partner these days is used uh, fairly loosely. Uh, you know, what type of partner is this? Is the email exchange or actually uh, with a, a lot of contract uh, you know uh, already established? So for uh, we have one for us. So we have one the largest design win. Uh, in the uh, LiDAR, ADAS in the application and uh, in this industry uh, that is a very notable de- event and uh, we have actually um, uh, this is uh, it's, it certainly is a partnership uh, but uh, further than that uh, GM is actually a customer, a paying customer that's actually going to put our LiDARs in their cars.
1: I think one of the things that was interesting to me is so many times we hear about these announcements and it's specific to a specific model, to a specific vehicle. Based on what I've read and I understand, this is actually broader than that. It includes multiple different platforms, multiple different vehicles. Is that correct? And could you dive into that that detail a little bit further?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Yes, that is correct. And uh, as you are probably already aware, there are a a few notable uh, LiDAR design wins out there, and all of them are actually associated with the luxury sector vehicles. Uh, You know, notable ones, Volvo, BMW, these are very high-priced luxury vehicles. Uh, But for us, this is the first time that uh, LiDAR will actually get into not only luxury sectors, but also middle classes. Uh, And uh, for this design win, indeed, based on our s for filing, uh, there are multiple platforms, not m- only models. Multiple platforms that will adopting will be adopting the uh, Septon Lidar uh, for uh, the higher level of safety and autonomy. So, indeed, that uh, this is a, a a large design win uh, is uh, uh, largest by far in volume, and it will be proliferated into multiple models uh, within the uh, this conglomerate of the GM vehicle uh, platforms.
1: I imagine part of that is cost coming down for the technology on a per vehicle basis, Much becomes much more cost competitive to put these in more mass brands and not exclusively luxury brands. Can you talk about how Septon and your innovation is perhaps driving down the cost of LiDAR technologies?
2: Yes, absolutely. Actually, you hit the nail on the head whenever you start to talk with a uh, car manufacturer and OEM about uh, how wonderful your product uh, is uh, technology-wise, uh, the first question they will come back to you is not about technology. It's okay, how much it's going to cost me. After all, this is for consumer cars. This is for everyday vehicle. This actually have to get money out of the pocket from you know, all the consumers out there. So cost is a huge factor. So, Septon technology, when we started uh, five years ago, uh, we actually had a, a very big focus uh, only for uh, ADAS. That's where we want to uh, have our LIDAR proliferate. That's where we want to have design wins. And uh, subsequently, all the design of technology, all the commercial engagement is all based on that focus. And uh, specifically, uh, we came down with a set of requirements that's uh, performance, cost, and reliability, so cost is a huge factor uh, but you also have to really balance out uh, between the performance and reliability. All of these things uh, uh, has to be considered, and that's when we came up with the, uh, uh, this wonderful invention, MMT, which stands for Micromotion Technology. Uh, the MMT LiDAR is a true invention unique to Septon, and uh, it actually hits the uh, right uh, balance between performance, cost, and reliability. And uh, it actually used, utilizes a very mature technique, uh, a loudspeaker uh, technique, that it has a voice coil and you run current through it, it will actually move uh, over a magnet uh, microscopically. And we put an optical rated on it and that becomes the essence of MMT LiDAR. And uh, you know how much loudspeakers cost. They don't cost a whole lot, uh, whether it's in your cars or um, in your stereo system. It's a very, very old and mature uh, technology that we adopted for LiDAR. And with that basis, we came up with the most efficient way of doing automotive LiDAR. And this elegant solution uh, indeed strike the cost uh, to a very sweet spot. Uh, and that's actually one of the very fundamental reasons we captured the largest design win from General Motors.
1: I'd like to maybe pull out a little bit and go a little bit high lever because what you describe, I think, is such an interesting dynamic of what's going on in this industry right now, and specifically about LiDAR. There are so many technologies. There are so many different approaches to it, uh, certainly septons being, being one. If I'm an automaker, in your view... What are the factors that are driving my decision to collaborate with a supplier versus another? Is it solely cost? Is it a performance piece? Is it a combination of all those things? It just seems like such an interesting and complex technology to navigate and understand as an executive, whether I'm in purchasing, whether I'm in engineering, whether I'm in sourcing. What is the right company and what is the right technology that we need to work with? How do you navigate all that?
2: Yeah, you know, I actually, uh, I studied optics uh, and got my uh, PhD in optical engineering from Stanford. And ever since then, uh, uh, this is uh, 20 some years ago, uh, I continue to work in the world of optics uh, so I can claim myself as an optical expert uh, in this domain. Yet when i look at the space the lidar space uh, technology wise uh, it's even sometimes confusing to me so imagine uh, for everybody so i'll make uh, a comment uh, you know from two aspects and uh, number one is actually uh, for uh, everyday person out there how you look at uh, the lidar technology how you differentiate uh, between you know uh, the good and bad uh, and how do you pick the the winner well uh, there are plenty of uh, buzzword uh, floating around, uh, whether it's from illumination, from detection, or uh, from the imaging modality. All of these are uh, floating around, uh, you know, massively in the lidar world. To me, the only way to decide whether a technology is actually a winning technology or it can be validated uh, is actually through a commercial design win. It's actually through the commercial design win that yeah, technology is validated, not the, the buzzword of uh, uh, you know 1550 FMCW, time of flight, uh, uh, spat arrays. All of these words are really meaningless uh, un- un- unless uh, you have a major design win as we have with uh, GM. So you know this is a, a long process to capture the, the design win and the competitive barrier established with the design win is, is really huge. Well, uh, the second part of it is, if you're an auto manufacturer, uh, how you actually looking at these technology and decide what you're going to be adopting. Uh, instead of answering the question in a sophisticated way, I'll give you a simple example of uh, what we have experienced. That you, you know, even though we have captured the the, the largest the design win with GM. Uh, you, you know, there's uh, no question we're working uh, with uh, all of the top uh, car manufacturers. Uh, in fact. Uh, you know, I, I can count the, the 10 out of the top 10 manufacturers. We have uh, very good engagement there. And uh, uh, one of them, uh, I certainly cannot name names, uh, uh, give us an RF, RFQ. And on top of this RFQ document, is a big stack of document. Uh, the first question of, uh, from this auto OEM is, uh, is have, you, have you won another design win, a major design win? You know, this is uh, about track record. If you have a design win uh, with another notable OEM, that means you have gone through the automobile qualification process. Uh, that you have, uh, yeah, yeah. It Basically, you know, in in simple words, is you know what you're doing. And then with that track record, uh, it's much easier for other uh, OEMs to adopt your technology, adopt your path, and actually work together. So uh, these days, you know, after uh, almost a decades of uh, various type of uh, uh, of LiDAR technology development, uh, it's a time to talk about design wins instead of, uh, you know, resistors, capacitors, uh, all these components. Let's talk about design wins.
0: We'll be right back with more. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape, Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and
1: online to in-store experience?
0: I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To others, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it. In chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic holistic approach, and then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations. Period. Reynolds Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere.
1: So, sticking then with design wins and that that validation that you know what you're doing, do you think that extends to consumers? That it matters... In and maybe a rudimentary metaphor example is your your desktop computer, what kind of microchip? Is it an Intel? Is it something else? And and how that appeals to consumers? Do you feel that when it comes to this technology and consumer benefits of ADAS, do you think that sort of validation matters in consumers' decisions, or do you think it's gonna it, it as simply as keeps me safe and it's easy to use and and I feel comfortable with that?
2: Well, actually, uh, it, it will. It, it, you know, I actually view LiDAR will creep into everybody's car just like the camera does. Uh, it, there used to be a time, you know, some years ago, uh, I used to travel between uh, Los Angeles and uh, San Francisco to see my parents. Uh, and uh, it's about six-hour drive. And it's, an, it's a, quite an effort. And, uh, you know, uh, just not too long ago, because of the pandemic, uh, actually I had to drive to see my parents again. And I had this uh, great car with uh, a little bit of level two plus uh, ADAS uh, uh, function. And I used that uh, driving over there. Boy, it reduces the the driving load so much uh, more and uh, i felt uh, the entire journey was actually uh, not very eventful at all compared to what i had uh, many years ago so these type of um, you know driving comfort reduce your driving load and additional safety that you feel with uh, with what the car can do by itself uh, is really going to creep into everybody's life and uh, lidar is a big part of it because uh, this will you know uh, finally be a sensor that senses uh, three dimension in Uh, In high resolution that gives you, you know, first and foremost additional level of safety and at the same time give you the autonomy that uh, uh, Everybody gets to enjoy. It's not going to be an overnight uh, uh, Exercise, but certainly uh, it will actually come up uh, very uh, slowly but surely
1: It's such an interesting future that 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 potentially paints, right? It's just your vehicle has Brembo brakes and your computer has a has a, you know, Intel chip and your and I'm not suggesting one brand is better than the other. These are simply examples. But from a consumer perspective, right, your your vehicle has Bosch spark plugs or, you know, name a brand of wiper, or name a brand of tire. It's so interesting, I think, to. As we watch this type of technology, um, even in dash technologies, there are brands around that as well. It's going to be interesting, at least in my mind, to see how specific LiDAR brands play with consumers over the years to come as well.
2: Yes, I'm actually looking forward to that uh, as well, you know, we have uh, engaged with the GM quite a few years back uh, and won the design win uh, uh, more than one and a half years ago, and the vehicle is uh, under development, uh, uh, you know, in uh, the year 2023, uh, as we indicated in our S4 filing, uh, the production vehicles will be coming out of the uh, line and you should be able to buy a uh, Uh, a car from the dealership near you uh, with a septonite radar inside
1: so let's talk about looking ahead and some of the stuff that's going on right now in the industry are you having any concerns supply chain challenges with the chip shortage and the result of supplying that demand that is forecasted for the 2023 model year
2: uh, we actually are experiencing, you know, as everybody does uh, with the chip shortages. Uh, luckily, at this point of development where, you know, we are gone through our A-, A samples and B samples uh, into C samples, these are our development phases. Uh, if you're familiar with the auto industry, these uh, the quantity of these samples are not gigantic. Uh, Therefore, you know, uh, design and production validation. So, uh, so far so good. And uh, you know, I can't predict uh, too far into the future, uh, but only hope uh, by the year 2023 uh, we're out of this phase of uh, uh, iron uh, fiasco uh, that uh, our production will come uh, out to be um, you know nice and smooth. So, so it's still you know a couple years away from now. Uh, cross our fingers.
1: Sticking with the lidar market, um, it's a very crowded space. Um, you know, you've announced going public via special purpose acquisition company. There have been a number of those this year and and even last year. Do you think we're going to see consolidation in this space, where a a handful of winners are going to emerge uh, in the uh, emerge among the lidar suppliers? Uh.
2: Uh. Yes, I I think uh, that, uh, you know, uh, from a common sense perspective, uh, that is uh, going to be the trend. If you look at the entire LiDAR market and the the number of players uh, out there, it really doesn't justify all the players will be winning all the big contracts. Uh, so uh, first uh, it is uh, the, the the companies that have the design wins will have uh, a solid contract uh, that uh, gets them the revenue And for those uh, that's just uh, being prodded by the technology, uh, uh, if it's good, uh, you know, it it could be uh, consolidated. If it's not, it will be weeded out. Uh, So uh, I I do think uh, there will be um, a shakeout uh, of uh, this LiDAR uh, landscape, but the timing. Uh, is actually to be determined. Uh, there's a huge uh, uh, amount of uh, money invested in, you know, in this uh, entire field, uh, uh, proliferated uh, over many, many companies. Uh, so it will take a while to consume those uh, invested money. Uh, but uh, you know, in general, I think uh, there will be, you know, very small handful of winners uh, ultimately.
1: You talk about investment, you talk about money, and we've talked about special purpose acquisition companies, a lot of hype around these. We've seen a lot of companies go public. You've clearly announced your choice to, to go public via, via SPAC. Can you talk about how preparations are going to operate like a public company?
2: Well, this has been our aspiration from the beginning of the company. Every Silicon Valley startup uh, would actually have the aspiration of eventually going to public and become uh, a notable company and contributing something to the society. And that uh, we have followed this exact path, uh, you know, from the the beginning, whether it's technology development uh, uh, or, you know, uh, people management uh, or even the financial arrangement uh, all aimed at uh, to towards the final goal of becoming a public company. So, uh, you know, even my own uh, job uh, description, you know, start to morph into that, uh, you know, I've been spending more time uh, talking with the investors and making sure our uh, our message is uh, going across to the public as compared to, you know, five years ago, I was a hardcore engineer developing the key technology. So uh, this is actually uh, not, not not only is not a daunting task, it's almost a natural progression for Septon technologies.
1: So for you, how's that journey been? Going from an engineer to the entrepreneurial side to, you know, in many cases, the spokesman, the sales individual for, with investors and so forth. Personally, how's that, how's that journey been?
2: Uh, I have to admit, uh, you know, many years ago when I started a company and uh, looking uh, into the future, I I did have a little bit nervousness uh, thinking, okay, what if we become public and then I'll be a public figure speaking loudly in many forums. Uh, You know, uh, I I had a bit of nervousness, uh, but it came out to be rather naturally. Like I said, it's almost a a, a normal course uh, for me. Just, uh, you know, I can draw a parallel between uh, Uh, My education and this uh, you know, I had uh, elementary school middle school high school and then after I got to college uh, I I looked at uh, Do I want to go further? Yeah, you know I went to graduate school. I basically went to school until there's no more school to to go to and uh, uh, So this one is also uh, very natural. You know, we started as a, a four-person startup and then eventually, uh, you know, grow to be a, uh, this is now close to 150 people, a uh, very mature uh, company, uh, a professional organization with the largest design win in this industry, uh, really looking at, uh, you know, a successful profitable company in the coming years and we're going public and I'm comfortable in uh, you know coming out of the closet and talk with the public about our success about our message and um, you know promote our company uh, for the greater goods of, uh, of the future.
1: Well, as you know, and, and and it's natural even the way that we're talking today that folks like yourself who are the entrepreneurs, the the genesis behind these companies are are more times than not the best spokespeople for for their organizations as well and the products and the value that they're delivering to the market. Finally, why don't we talk about some long term ADAS and autonomy trends? What are you watching? What excites you most about the future of mobility?
2: Well, uh, First and foremost, uh, when we actually uh, talk with about lidar, uh, its first application, as many people thought, is an enabler for autonomous vehicles. Uh, 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 but to to me, the first application of lidar is about safety. How uh, we actually can get the the cars to be a little safer than compared to the past. The the uh, uh, you know, I have a uh, uh, request from very notable OEMs uh, uh, that with your LiDAR, what are the mechanisms that we can reduce our accident rate by 50% or how about 90% or how about 99%? So these are the aspirations of car manufacturers and ultimately the consumers, uh, you know, first goal is we, we uh, in, in the future. Uh, Autonomy is a great thing. It will come as a uh, almost a side effect. But if I can reduce uh, say 99% of the accident, think about how many lives we're going to be saving and how significant that is for the society. So I think LiDAR will be playing a key role and for us, the roadmap is indeed that not only will we will be providing lidars, uh, low-cost, uh, high-performance lidars uh, to reduce accident, uh, at the same time provide a higher level of uh, uh, autonomous driving, uh, but we will also be, you know, writing softwares uh, and actually make uh, the sensors smarter and smarter. So uh, useful information will be rendered to the car to make a decision to brake or not brake. Uh, these are the things uh, I think associated with consumer vehicle. Uh, will be there uh, giving people um, uh, additional level of safety uh, to the extent that uh, we really have the aspiration to have a zero accidents uh, in the role.
1: June, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Congratulations on the wonderful news uh, and the growth of SEPTON and to your team. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with me and sharing uh, not only what's going on at, at SEPTON, but your views on the industry as well.
2: Great, Steve. Thank you again for having me here.
1: That's Daily Drive for Thursday, September 17th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. As always, thanks for listening. Make it a great day. I'll be back tomorrow when we'll talk about how dealers can connect with women consumers in the showroom, the F&I office, and the service lane.